You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. I think it's time for Geeky Show Ever 387. 387, that's what I've got in my notes. 387. Okay, well, I just want to let listeners know real quick that I am finally, finally over my 10 days of COVID. Yay. <coughs> and you're going to hear that a lot. Mm-mm. I have COVID cough as a result. So I'm going to try to hit the, the mute so that you don't have to listen to that. So apologies if the cough does come through every now and then. But I will try not to. You're, getting, you're, you're feeling somewhat improved, though, right? I mean, I'm you fine. You're over the worst of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I finally tested negative. But it was, you know, it was the cruise. Mm-hmm. It was either in the airport or on the cruise. I don't know. One of my, you know, two out of six of us got it. My poor husband's been sleeping on the couch. I and, might let him back upstairs tonight. Jumps. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he mm-hmm. can't get sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal as far as being really sick. It was like a cold. I was really tired. And this damn cough. More annoying than anything. It was a nuisance. I considered mm-hmm. it just a nuisance. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so the doctor said coughs can last 30 days. So mm-hmm. I'm drinking so much water. I'm surprised you haven't seen me float by. <laughs> it's like I drink, I go to the bathroom. I drink, I go to the bathroom. It's like back and forth and back and forth. So I am more than drinking my allotment of water for the day. Well, we're but we're not here you're recovering. That's that's what's important. That's the most important thing yeah. in recovering. So we're not here to talk about a my lot COVID. worse. That's the joy of being vaxxed and boosted. Yep. I didn't wasn't concerned at all. It was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> we like, just oh, got well. our bivalent doses and it was a doozy. I, I did feel like I had the flu, but just for two days. And that was it. And I'll take two well, days during all two weeks. weeks. During all this, um, when I found out my friend had it on Monday, mm-hmm. Tom and I tested on Tuesday. We were negative. So that Wednesday, I went and got my first shingle shot. Mm. And the funny thing was... And you were dreading it so much. <laughs> the funny thing was with the shingle shot, mm-hmm. it made me feel better. Really? Because I was feeling kind of eh. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, I was testing negative, so I wasn't really concerned that it was COVID. And the shingle shot made me feel better. And then, I don't know why, but I think for whatever reason, on Friday, I tested and I got my positive. And then then the cough got worse. And And, and the thing is with the shingle shot, you know, I asked the doctor, I said, did this, did this shingle shot aggravate anything? And they pretty, they're pretty sure it's like two separate things. Yeah. One of the things they say about the shingles shot is that you get the chills for a few hours. Mm -hmm. I didn't get mine till Friday night. So it was well Mm -hmm. over 48 hours because I got it around after the shot. Interesting. About 10 o'clock Wednesday morning. And Mm -hmm. the pharmacist said, you might feel the chills a little bit tonight. Don't worry about it. It it goes quick. Mm -hmm. Not until Friday night. And I did get the chills. And as quickly as it came, that's how quickly it left because all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm not shivering anymore. Hmm. It just stopped. And if that was the worst of it, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It does hurt going in. It burns. Yeah. And then my arm was sore for about three days afterwards. However, if that is the worst, I'm good because I know people have had shingles. Right. Yeah, it's awful. And it's, it's not pretty. Avoid. 
not pretty. It's, it's incredibly painful, is what I was told. Yeah, my mother had it. I got to get in times. line in just a couple of years for that. So I yeah, so I have to go back probably January and get my second shot. Oh, there's a two dose. Okay. Yes, Ooh. it's two doses, but then you're good. Then you don't have to worry about getting it, and and you don't have to. Is there a schedule? Do you have to then get it like ten years from nope. then, or no? Nope. Hmm. I wonder not why they wait until you're fifty, though. That's interesting, because you can get it earlier in life. You know what I mean? I yeah, don't understand you can. I've but I've never years. had chicken pox, See, I so didn't I, either. I really believe that I would never get shingles. But I thought, you know, something. It is so bad. Well, I don't want to like take I my said, chances. I've known people who've had it. It's like a lottery. It's, it's like yeah, a lottery. I'm like you know, if if they have a shot for it, mm-hmm. yeah, I can well. suffer for a couple of days of discomfort. Knowing that it's like my doctor said that he had some, he knew someone where it went into their eyes mm. and he went blind in one eye. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess around with and that. And it's like, no, I don't want to do that. So yeah. now I have to figure out when I can get my flu shot. I don't want to get it too soon mm-hmm. with recovering from COVID. Right. Yeah. Give yourself a little bit of a break. I have a, a geeky story that I can actually share regarding vaccinations. <laughs> Do tell, do tell. So we have been getting our boosters at Walgreens, and I I like. There's only I'll, I'll I'll start with the thing. The one thing that I do not like is that for the for my one son that's 16, for some reason, and I I've tried chat, I've tried support, and this will lead into then. Um, I tried even asking at the at the pharmacist, you know, asking a pharmacist why I can't get a proof of vaccination for my oldest child. I can for my youngest child. So what I mean by proof of vaccination is, have you have you done that yet? Have you gone and downloaded or scanned the QR code and put the put the vaccination pass in your Apple wallet on your iPhone? Because it's pretty cool. Do you remember like wallet passes? Have you, Do you have any wallet passes? That you oh, use? my credit cards. Yeah. But yeah, my, your credit I, cards. But like, what about passes? Like, you know, loyalty programs, shopper discounts, things like that. Not in my wallet. I airline put, tickets. Um, I put my airline boarding passes, concert tickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can actually put your vaccination cards or proof of vaccination status in your wallet if you get a QR code. So when we first got the first, the very first doses, it was through a hospital that was participating. I think Arizona was actually one of the pilot states where they started to roll it out. And so I was able to create a login and they had something within, I don't know, within the same month, I think, where I could actually log in and then it would say, here's, you know, you can download your proof of vaccination status and it would show you a QR code. And then you just hold up your phone's camera, you scan it, and it just does it automatically. It just puts it right into the wallet app. And well, here, I can show you real quick so you can see on the screen. I don't think we like. have that. I mean, New York had the Excelsior Pass. Yeah, I remember you telling but me about that. that. Was, did and I did download it. I did, and then I deleted it because I really didn't have a use for it because nobody really used it. Was it uh, at specifically least for only for? It was for COVID. So okay. yeah, it was just for COVID. So to my knowledge, it wasn't for flu shots or shingles or uh, tetanus or anything like that. So I'll show. I'm showing Elisa here. The listeners can't see it, but maybe I'll I'll see if I can take a screenshot that doesn't divulge too much personal information. But you can see my wallet there, and then I'll just tap on it. It's the red one that's poking out here. And then once I tap on it, 
focus. Yeah, see the light focus. is, yeah. Yeah, it's too bright. It's That's too bright. That's something I wish I could figure out. I'll have to take a screenshot of it and then show. Oh, there you go. Now you okay, okay. So now, okay. So yeah. you've got your QR code. I can see that now. It says so Walgreens. If I go to an event where they are requiring it. See, that's the sad thing is they're actually, I haven't seen any re- events lately, but they did at one time where they would require you to show your vaccination status. And then as you can see the little dots there, I can swipe, go the other way. And you can see all the other cards there. So I actually have my cards and my son's cards in here. And then Nate has his in, in his wallet. And what's nice about it is like, for example, my son's card has three dates for three different doses. So it shows that he's got the first series completed and then the booster. Same with mine. It shows I have to download a new one now because mine has mine has like two dates on it. So it shows my my previous dose and then my most current dose. So it shows that I've had you know, one dose prior. Mine's a little messier because I've had, this is my fifth shot because remember I was all doped up on steroids when I was getting the injections in my neck. So that really lowered my immune system. So I had gotten the fourth like extra dose for, for people with compromised immune systems. So anyway, but yeah, so the reason why this is a cute story is because I knew that you could do this. I knew that you could go online and download your vaccination card into your Apple wallet And I had done it the first time, like I said, through the hospital that I went, the local hospital here. And then when we started going to get our boosters, we went to Walgreens. And if you log into your Walgreens account, there's a, it's kind of convoluted how to get there. I wish they would make it a little bit like more of a user-friendly status. You go into your, I think it's your prescriptions, like your history, and there'll be a place in there where it'll say something about vaccination status. And you click on that and you can do it from a smartphone or from a desktop computer or laptop. And there'll be a button that you can click that says add to Apple wallet. Well, so when we were at the pharmacy getting the boosters, I went up to the pharmacist who was like super, super nice. And I said to her, I said, you know, I can get my, I showed her, I said, I said, have you ever used the vaccination cards on your wallet? I asked her, you know, she had her cell phone in her hand. I said, I said, you have an iPhone. And I showed her and she's like, Oh, like she knew about the wallet and she knew about passes because, you know, as she was showing me on her phone, I showed her that and she said, I didn't know you could do that. And she works at Walgreens. <laughs> She's a pharmacist there, but she didn't know about adding the pass to your wallet. So I started showing her and her interest really peaked. And she was like, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. And so she's like, how did you get that on there? And I said, you just log into your Walgreens account or if you have the app. And so she did right there. And then like she knew how to get right into it. And I said, yeah, right there, you know, you tap on the little little button and it downloads it she did it and she like did this like happy snoopy dance it was the funniest (laughs) thing ever she was just so she was so pleased that she could put it on her her phone unfortunately she couldn't answer my question which was you know how do i get my other child's vaccination card downloaded even to theirs and i wonder if it has something to do with his age but she said no like not until they're 18 is when you need to be you know i don't know you remember that like as your kids were going up like there were certain there was they get to be a certain age where it's not that you get cut off, but they have more rights as they get older. Oh, no, you get cut off. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. And then after you get a while, cut like, off. you have no access to their medical records and that sort of thing. So he's getting to be that age where, like, I remember when he turned 13, I had to do something about the patient portal because, like, you know, he's not checking his stuff. He's, he's he's not older, really. I don't think he's mature enough and old enough to do that kind of stuff just yet. But anyway, the state has has different ideas about that. Um, but anyway, so I asked, you know, why can't I see his? And she was like, well, I wasn't sure. And then in 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 the midst of me showing her what it was that I was trying to accomplish, 
she just thought this was like the greatest thing next to sliced bread <laughs> that you could do this. And then it was so funny as I was walking away after I had given her this little like tech lesson. <laughs> She went immediately over to the pharmacist next to her and started showing her. It's like, did you know that you could? <laughs> and it just made me so happy. I was like, oh, I had, I had a really good day. It's like, my, meanwhile, my arm was like really aching, you know, but yeah. it kind of took my mind off it. I wasn't thinking about how much the shot hurt after that. So, so that was, that yeah, was so a I'm cool looking, thing. I'm looking on Sam's Club where I've got my shots and there's mm-hmm. nothing here. There's nothing here that even is similar I'll have yeah, to remember when I go back. Have I'll have them. to remember to ask. Yeah, it, and they probably won't know, but it would be really great if they did. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that keeps me going back to Walgreens is because I know that I can, at least for mine, I can I can scan that. Because I've kind of always made it something, you know, if I'm going to go to a house call and work with a client, you know, I've always offered that. I offer that on my website. I tell them, you know, most of my clients that I see like already have an established relationship with and we've already like been there and done that. But for a new client, you know, I kind of want them to know like, hey, you know, I'm willing to offer up the fact that I've been vaccinated and boosted, you know, just so that you know, you know, if it, in case it matters to people. It matters yeah. to me personally, yeah. um, but I know it doesn't always matter to everybody else. But if it does matter to you and you like to have that sort of thing and hey, you know, you never know when the next big thing is going to come along. And at least we'll we'll have the system in place for, for dealing with that sort of thing. So mm. I just think it's it's a cool feature that everybody should explore. So if you have gotten your vaccination, if you've gone to Walgreens or any of the other participating providers, and that's something that you'll have to, to find out based on where you got vaccinated, look in your portal and see if they have something that lets you download or, or at least scan a QR code that you can then add to your wallet. Um, if you're doing it on a mobile device, it gets a little tricky unless they have something, and they should, where it's a button that actually does say, you know, tap here to add it to your Apple wallet or your digital wallet or whatever, and it should complete the process for you. It's really it's really easy. It just walks you right through it. So that is my, my first tip uh, for digitizing your healthcare. So I guess what we wanted to talk about today and discuss a little bit is um, we don't have a whole lot going on. Well, I guess that's the problem. I, I have a whole lot going on, so I haven't had time to really dig into, um, you know, the latest versions of things. But I did finally, we both did finally update our iPhones and iPads to 16.1. It's finally here. Yeah. It felt like a really long wait for some reason. I don't know why. So I thought we would discover, we would talk about what we discovered and what things we like best. You know, what things, you know, now that you've had it for what, uh, maybe not even a week. Uh, yeah, I forgot what, what day I did it. Jumped out on, you did it first and then I did yeah. it. I was like, all right, I got to get this done. Um, so I just thought we would discuss what jumped out at us and what we like best. What I don't like is on the home screen. Mm-hmm. On your lock screen, on your initial, you can do more than one screen. I haven't even had time to do that yet. And I did do a different screen just for, you know, just to check, you know, check things out, look around. Mm-hmm. But the font for the time is really big and thick yes. on your main lock screen. And I hate it. And you can't yeah. change it. Oh, really? Oh, From what I can find, if someone knows uh, a way that you can so change you can it. add a new wallpaper. Yep. So you just press down on it and then... Mm-hmm. Use, so it looks like I this. thought I'm that when Melissa. they, yeah, I thought so that when they, they uh, displayed this, I thought you could change the font. Not on the initial one, oh. where you where you set your oh, wallpaper okay. from within settings. But mm-hmm. if you're adding a second one, like 
This is my oh, second. Yeah, so you right, can see okay. this one. I mean, obviously, I a few see. people can't see, but I'm showing Melissa. Yeah, I'm I just made at... it purple. Uh-huh. But you can change. Whoops. She loves me. You can change the the style of the yeah. time. Oh, I like that. I wish it told you what font it was because I just tapped on one that I really like. I really like the two in that and the seven. That's cool. You know, oh. and you can add widgets and, and you know uh-huh. things like that. So, like, I just changed that. So, like here, this is ugly, but. You know, yeah, that's a different way of holding the, and you can change the font color. So if you want, if you want to have a purple background with you know orange numbers, you can do that if you want. Mm. Um, you know, whatever works. And then it's got like a little slider at the bottom so that you can make it lighter or darker within mm-hmm. that color. Mm-hmm. But I can't. Yeah, there's a lot of customization. So you let's see, what did I do now? So yeah, but you can't Wait, change I just it, did it on your home screen. Yeah. Don't ask me how I did it, though. <laughs> but it, see, I changed the font of the time. See, now I can't do it. Oh, I, I just... Because what, well, what happens is when I hit the button, it says customize new wallpaper, add new. Mm-hmm. And then it's changing it to a new, a new lock screen. And that's not what I want. Hmm. Well, maybe I want that's it- just because I just, <laughs> I just uh, did it with reckless abandon here and <laughs> just told it to do it. But is it brand new or is it the... It's it's all new. I mean, it it. That's the thing. It's brand new. I was new. hoping to keep right. I was hoping to retain the the wallpaper behind the apps that I liked because it's a picture that my dad right. sent me. So exactly. Go, I can go back and put that back on there. But as far as the lock screen's concerned, yeah, it modified the lock screen, and I like that. That's cool. So I mean, huh. is it the end of the world? No, no, of course not. But I was just disappointed. And if there's a way of doing it and I'm unaware, please let me know. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at your settings. This is what you want to be able to accomplish, though. Like, what, what is it that you want to retain? Like, like that's my new lock screen and has that really cool font for the for Okay, the so my lock screen is a picture of the 2018 World Series champion Boston I Red wondered Sox. what that was when you sent yep. me a screenshot. I was like, what is yep. that? That's, uh-huh. it's, can, it's dark oops, right now. It's, it got to sleep. The Red, yeah. red Sox. This right. is what I do not like. Right. But I but I was able to change that. So I guess what you want to do is what I just did, except that you want to be able to put your desktop or your wallpaper picture back on. So Yeah, so it yeah, I'd have you to can't, with that. You can't change the time on your initial first lock screen. You can do it in other lock screens that you create. And I went into settings. And I checked I only everywhere. Have one lock screen now, though. But ha- that's what I'm not understanding. I mean, that's all I really like, want. I don't really want. Well, I guess I'll I'll play with that later, and maybe I might want additional lock screens. But for right now, this is this is because fine. when you click on your lock screen and it comes up customize, and you hit the word customize, it says add new. Yeah. So you, oh, look, you, see, I can go back to my original one. That's what I'm saying. You created yeah. a second lock screen. Yeah, I did. I did. That's, the, that's what's going on. And that's hmm. not what I want. You just want to be able to customize just that initial screen. Just that initial. Yeah. I do like, and I, I've heard some people complain about this, but personal preference. Yeah, I tapped add new is what I added. I tapped add new. So you would have to I tap like that new. you can put the amount of battery left in your battery. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing that I did, actually. So I added that. That is the first thing I did. And because mine's down to 59% because my battery is... Needs servicing. 
Yeah, I have to it's, do that too. Yep, it's time for me to get a new phone, but I'm putting Although, that off. Although, I don't know if it's just in my head, but it kind of feels like, and I was expecting this. I, I always expect this, that after upgrading to a major operating system, it always seems like the battery takes a hit because I feel like, and, and I think this is what's true, is that things have to re-index Exactly. In the it's re-indexing. It's also because uh, Photos now has something for duplicates. Ah, uh, and, where you and can merge contacts, and that, which I'm going to talk about. And later. that that took some time. Yeah, but, but mine mine is it, because though. my battery is because my battery faster. needs servicing. My battery is yeah, got a problem. Let's see what is mine at. Um, but see, maximum, I was expecting it to be. I was expecting it to drain a lot faster. Mine's at eighty six percent. Yeah, mine's maximum capacity is at 79% right now. And it yeah. says your battery three health is significantly degraded. I mean, this phone will be three years old come January. Yeah. And I listen to podcasts at one and a half yeah. speed. And I listen to audio books at 1.2. It's so that, that that does a number. But I, mm-hmm. I use this constantly. I'm constantly listening to some sort of audio. Right. So, so it may be worth it just to spend, what is it, 65 bucks, 70 bucks yeah, to get a I've new battery? I've got to get down to the Apple store. I'm, what I'm basically, I think what I'm going to do is come Black Friday, see if there's any deals. You yeah, know, so if I, can get a, if I can get an iPhone 14 with a 50 or or $100 gift card in return, and mm-hmm. I think the last I checked, this phone was worth $220. Yeah, keep so, checking that. If I, and I know that number's probably going to go down, but I mean, if all those things line up, I might say, you know something, the heck with it. Let me just get an iPhone 14. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. I mean, all right, everybody, take your bets. What do you think? Well, we'll have to do. I know, I know. It's like, I I'm fine. This is an iPhone 11, and I'm fine with it. I'm totally I know, fine but remember, with it. I said you should, you should hand that one down to your beloved and, and get a new battery for him. Hand yeah. that one down to him with, with a new battery. And I don't then know. Take if his and trade it, and I know it's worth less. But Be- beloved has a an SE two or something. Yeah, I don't know. So that's not too long in the tooth. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll actually, see what- if it's an SE two though, if it's if it's a second gen, then actually isn't his newer than yours? I want to say I bought it in twenty twenty, but I mean it was like released after the eleven. I believe the only reason I'm saying that is because. I got my oldest an SE2 at the same time when I got my iPhone 12 mini. It could have been that it had already been out for a while, but I wonder if maybe they were released around the same time. I remember the 12 buying and the SE. my phone right before COVID, January mm-hmm. of 2020. Mm-hmm. I want to say I bought his maybe later in the year. I think you might have gotten it earlier because I got mine in December of 2020. Because mine's two years old. Well, mine was definitely January of 2020. Oh, it was? Okay. For him, yeah. Because my oldest broke his iPhone 6, so he took my red XS, which I love, <laughs> or XR, I mean, uh-huh. which I love. So he got that, and then I bought this one. Easiest sale they ever made. I just kind of walked into the Apple store. iPhone 11, 256 gigs. Get it. <laughs> you know what you want. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I'd have to, yeah, I'll have to look through my receipts to see, my Apple Mm -hmm. receipts to see when I got Tom's phone. Yeah, so then you might be due. But, I mean, if you can replace the battery, I would just replace the battery. And, I mean, I've done it a couple times now, and it's like, it takes about an hour. You drop off at the Apple store, go do some shopping, come back in an hour, and it's done. We did that with both of them. 
Anyway, while you're looking that up, uh, so the next thing, so you talked about the lock screen, what you like, what you don't like. I'm going to go play around with that next because that's one of those things where I guess that's why I haven't sat down and done it because I know I'm just going to go sit in a corner and rock back and forth just just messing with it for a while because I, I just I get I get focused on that stuff and I can't stop. Um, but things that I have discovered as I've been using it, that's what I kind of like to do. I like to see like what pops out at me, what, what gets in my way or what comes, what comes in and makes life better. And so the things that have definitely made life better is one, one thing for certain is maps. And I know we've talked about this in the past and I'm actually going to say it now. I've been using maps full time. Apple Maps. I have not. I can't remember the last time. Oh, I know. The last time I opened Google Maps was to look for this feature that I'm going to talk about. Apple Maps has finally added stops. And not only has it added stops, you can calculate the total mileage for the trip as you've added multiple stops. And that's when was the last time that I opened Google Maps because I want I know you can do it on the web on your computer you know, on your on your Mac or on your laptop or whatever, you can do it on the desktop version of the web. And that's great. And that's what we've been doing, like for our, for our taxes, like we needed to calculate our medical mileage. So we would, like every time we would go say to the pharmacy or to the doctor or something, we would um, calculate, you know, okay, we started here, then we, then we added this stop, and then we added this stop, and then we came home. So what's the total mileage for that trip? And then that's what we put on our log, right? So I calculate that for my client trips, things like that. And so we've been doing it just on the computer, but I wanted a way to do it on the iPhone and I haven't been able to do it. And that was the last time that I looked at Google Maps was like, well, I wonder if maybe I should go back to using Google Maps after I've been using Apple Maps for a while to see if maybe there was something you know extra that they added. And at the time when I looked in there, there wasn't, there wasn't a way to calculate the mileage. In fact, I don't even remember. Yeah, I think you might be able to add stops, but... So anyway, Apple Maps is better. I really love it. I love the fact that it will calculate the mileage and the total trip time. You can also, and I think you can do this in Google Maps too. You can say, okay, I have a doctor's appointment. I need to be there, say, at you know 11 a.m. What time should I leave? And it'll tell you, you know, get on the road by this time based on the traffic patterns and stuff. And I find that really invaluable. Yeah, the calendar apps do that too. The calendar tell you what time to leave. Yes, what time to If you leave, put your right. destination in, it'll tell you there's a lot of traffic you should leave now. Yes. And back to the app, like just, just real quick interruption. I bought May 13th, 2020, I ordered the iPhone oh. SE 64 gig black. Okay. So two years old. And what's his battery health at? Did you check it lately? 91, oh, I think so, it yeah. was. So you might just go and upgrade yours and just leave him with his for a while because oh, he's I don't- got... Oh, he doesn't use it as hard as you do. No, <laughs> no. He's like, how come you always get everything new? Like, because I'm <laughs> because I'm me. <laughs> hey, Tom, I was trying to go to bat for you here. I want I want credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, so anything you want to add about maps? Nope, not at all. I don't care for Apple Maps. I use Google. Still using Google Maps. Yeah. Normally what I do with Google is if I know I was driving to your house, I would use the desktop version. Because I find with the either the iPad or the iPhone, you can't change the route. They give you the yeah. route. Whereas yeah. at least I can take my mouse and go, no, I don't want to go this way. I want to go this way. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is once I find the route that I like, then I, email, I, I text it to me. 
And then when I get into the car, then I can just yes. open the phone and click so on, on it. On the and- phone, you can change the route. I mean, I don't know how much you can customize it, but like you know, and and this well, you is can't take Maps. your finger. You can't take your finger and like drag. Right, you can't draw a route that I that I can see really easily, but it does highlight it. You know, it has like a light, faint gray line on. Like I'm looking at, say, from here to my husband's, my husband's school where he works, I can see three distinct routes that it has outlined and I can just poke on the route and it'll choose that one. Right. But if you say, well, I know I don't want to take highway one because there's construction. So you want to like go around. You can't do that where you can on, you can on, um, on the computer, like on the computer, you can take a point and actually drag it and make exactly route. because I'm doing the same thing. I'm looking at the route to get to my son's house in Virginia and it's showing Here's how you get there with tolls, and here's how you get here if you don't want to go on the highway and pay no tolls. Right. And the one thing I do like also on the computer is um, I I am a nervous driver, so I need to know what the route looks like before I get on there. Me too. Yep. So when I was supposed to go to Florida last year, well, earlier this year, to visit my aunt, we were going to drive about 40 minutes to visit another relative. And what I was able to do is click along the way and kind of do like a 360 to see what the route looked like. Are we Mm -hmm. talking about highway? Are we talking about heavy traffic? Are we talking about bridges? Or are we just talking about stop, go, stop, go, stop, go? And just being able to look at that route made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Of course, I didn't go on the trip, so. Right, now I'm the same way. I'm the same way for sure. I'm actually looking to see if you can do this. I just thought I saw something where when you long, oh, you can move. That's interesting. Oh, that doesn't, it's not the same thing though. I thought, oh, I wonder, you can drop pins and you can add stops when you long press on the line. But yeah, you can't drag like a point. It doesn't seem like if I said, okay, I want to go this, this way, I can't drag it that I can tell. So I don't even know how you would do that on, I don't even know if that's possible. Maybe maybe you can do it on the iPad. I don't know. That would be interesting if, if listeners are listening to this and they're like, yeah, you can. <laughs> you do it this way, dummy. <laughs> I'd be interested in, in hearing that. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's a way to take your finger, long press on the blue highlighted route and say, yeah, this is route's good, but I want to go this way. I think what they're thinking you want to do is, oh, you mean you want to add a stop? No, I don't actually want to add a stop. I just want to circumvent this area. I want to go around this. I mean, the, the maps are fairly intelligent depending on where you live. If you live in a pretty metropolitan area, they can tell you that there's a crash or that there's slow traffic or there, there's construction, but not always. And And there have been times where, construction has been put up and i thought to myself why didn't you reroute me or why didn't you give why did you get why did you make me go this way you know so that that would be a nice feature request for the future being able to actually drag it i just don't know how often i would use it is the issue i I probably will use adding stops a lot more now that it's been added so i am really excited about that that that's just really really cool i'm really happy about that um i'm gonna move on to mail so these are, I know that there's a lot more features, but these are just the few things that kind of popped up. So there was this one feature, I think it might be called follow-up. So I opened up my mail and I saw that there was this message that I had sent the message. I asked, a, I asked someone a question, you know, are we going to have this appointment today or whatever? 
and they hadn't responded back. And I guess, you know, it was probably like, you know, I sent it on a Friday and it was Monday yesterday and they hadn't responded. I don't know what, and that's the issue. It's, I think that this is an artificial intelligence thing. I think this is Apple's AI that's saying, hmm, you sent this email, you asked a question, and now it's been X amount of time has elapsed and there's been no response. And so then it floats up to the top of your inbox. And when you see it for the first time, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but when you see no. it for the first time, you think to myself, wait a minute, I sent that message. Why is it now in my inbox? But then you can see immediately it has some kind of a little notation. And I've only seen it the one time, so I don't have any an example to look at. But there's some something that says, I think it says follow up or something like that. And so it's not a reminder. It's an actual AI interaction that somehow calculates that a message has been sent and it hasn't been responded to. And so it's giving you the opportunity to like, oh, yeah, that's right. I emailed her on Friday and now it's Tuesday and I should have gotten a response and I didn't. So, you know, let me follow up on that. Let me go and, you know email again, like, hey, you know, but you're talking about emails that originate from iOS. Well, that's a good question. Cause because I never, I rarely I use I iOS, I use my computer. Oh, really? Okay, so see, I wouldn't know because that could have easily been an email that I composed on my laptop on my on my MacBook Pro. I mean, I, I use them both. I use them both very, very heavily. I use both of them interchangeably. And they sync between the two. So I never have a problem, knock on wood, um, if, I, if I compose a draft on one and then I go to finish it on, on the other device, it's there. So I don't have that issue. So anyway, I don't know what the answer is there. But I believe it should work in both places. But I see why you're saying that because I'm not upgraded to macOS Ventura yet. Yeah, and I'm not either. So, but I do see under the settings mail on my phone okay. under messages it says follow-up suggestions and mine is turned oh, on oh interesting okay so Let if you go settings, maybe halfway down it's on there's a there's a message list and then messages ask before deleting privacy protection follow-up suggestions this is under mail Let me see. yep oh, if you go to settings protection. mail follow-up and then follow-up yeah, suggestions mine is turned on Yep. Mm -hmm. And then if you go all the way to the very bottom, it says undo send delay. And it gives you off mm -hmm. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And 10 yeah, seconds cool. was the default. I changed it to 30. Mm -hmm. And the same with messages, too. You can undo sending oh, a message. I haven't I send, tried that yet. But I in fact, I'm going to do that. In fact, let's do this live. I'm going to send you a text. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm going to send you. Do not disturb on, so I should get it. Okay, so I'm just sending you a text that says hi. And yep, now and I, I want, it. but I want to, okay, so undo. Oh. See if it takes it away. So, so I got so what it. A, okay, so what I did is I held down on the bubble that said hi. Uh huh. And it gave me a pop up, and it's, I heard one it of pop. them was on send, and it, did, and it went pop, and it went poof on my screen. And now it says, you sent unsent a message. Melissa Davis may still see the message on devices where the software hasn't been updated. Yeah, so you might I still see it still on my see, Mac. <laughs> yeah, say, you probably still see it on your Mac. Yeah. Oh, oh, but I, yep. And it says, it says on my iPhone, it says, Elisa unsent a message in gray text. 
Mm-hmm. So it tells on you. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So let me see if I'm going to try the edit. So if I do, mm-hmm. I meant to say hi and I wrote his. Okay. So let me send that. Okay. And I now got it on I'm, my iPhone. And okay. Back. So now I'm hitting it down. You press down it as if I wanted to do the tap back, like thumbs up, thumbs down or something. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hitting edit and I'm mm-hmm. going to delete his and I'm going to write hi. Okay. And it says underneath it that it was read by you. And then right. it's got a little check mark next to it. So I'm clicking on the check mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see it. And then it says edited. Yes. Now mine so says my edited Mac, underneath. My Mac that is still uh, on Monterey, it says it says that you texted me his. And then it says, it, it sends another text on the Mac that says edited to high in in uh, quotation marks but on the iphone it says hi exclamation point but then below that it's blue and it says mm-hmm. edited it's a hyperlink so if i tap on it i can see what change you made right mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. and this will only work for people who have 16.0 or or right yeah, because I, on on the Mac, I can't see, I can't click edited, you know. It yeah, it doesn't so if you send me. this to somebody who has still running 15, you, I believe you can still do the edits, but nothing is going to change on the receiver's end. It's almost like you're collaborating on a document in a way, but in a text, if like, let's say, for example, um, you know, my grandmother's house is up for sale and my mom had sent me the description and I, you know, corrected a couple of spelling errors and a couple of grammatical things and said, well, what about this? I could send it back. And then she could go like it, this would be if we were both on iPhones running 16.1, she could go and take it, copy it, paste it, and then make her changes to it, text it back to me. I wonder in a paragraph form, it would, if it would show you like a collaborative um, conversation well, back and forth, it would show you what had changed within that paragraph. That would be interesting. Let's find out. I'm going to text you. All right, I'm going to write, today is a great, and I'm going to spell great wrong. Okay, so, okay, so I just sent Mm -hmm. it. Whoops, I realized I spelled great wrong. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit edit, and I'm going to delete and spell it correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. So it it just okay. it didn't even sound like a new text on the iPhone. It's very graceful the way that it does it. As I'm looking at it, it doesn't barely move. You know, it just kind of stays in place where it is and just the word great changed from G R A T E to G R E A T. That's mm-hmm. all it did. It just changed. It didn't like renotify me. It just changed it in the wording. But if I wanted to see what you had changed, then I can tap edited and now I can see the difference between the two. Yeah, so they're not giving you just the word or words that were changed. Yep. That's, that's what it looks like on cool. mine. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then you can leave it open or you can just hit hide edits and then the corrected mm-hmm. version will show up in the thread. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then on the Mac, it says edited to quote, today is a great day with it spelled correctly. So a little bit longer on the Mac. So that'll, that'll be really cool once they once they have the same thing going on. Interesting. Um, so let's see. How did we go down that path from mail? Oh, we're talking from mail because mail and messages have the undo. 
Oh, right. Okay. So that was an undo uh, feature that they added to mail. Um, so the first thing that I was talking about was a follow-up feature mm-hmm. where you could yep. tap on it and then, you know, re- you know, resend or or change the messaging or something. I can see how, and I heard somebody else on a different podcast talking about a little bit, that was a little annoying. And I could see how people would say that. I was like, wait a minute, I sent this message. It should be in my sent box. I don't want it back in my inbox. Like, that's not where I expect to see it. But it kind of makes sense because it puts it like front and forward and it kind of gets in your way a little bit like on purpose. Like, hey, you didn't get a response from this. Do you want to follow up? It gives you an opportunity. But I could see how that would be annoying because it's like I said, I think it's being powered by AI. And I don't always like trusting AI for everything. Like I'm helping a client out where they've been relying on the AI to show them the most important emails, and then they've been missing things. And I'm like, well, because you really need to check your inbox and your only your inbox, you're relying on Google's AI to tell you what's important, they might miss something. And then as a result, you're going to miss something. So I, I just I don't trust it because I've seen other I've seen more than her. I've seen other people, you know, lose things because of that because of relying on the AI. So I'm just not quite sure how I feel about trusting something like that. And I could see also a potential for an annoyance where well, what if it determines that it's a marketing or even a scam message or or something that's saying you replied to this, but then they didn't reply back. I, I don't know. I'm just I can see. Maybe I'm just a negative Nelly. I'm just pessimistic about it. I can see the potential for abuse there with a tool like that. But one thing that I that I actually uh, discovered by accident almost when I was exploring this, I thought, oh, I don't think I like this because, I, like I said, I can see the potential for abuse or problems there. What happens if I long press on it? I just I usually do that. Like, I don't know if you do that as you're exploring things like, well, what happens if I just tap it? What happens if I swipe it? What happens if I if I long press on it? And I did figure out that if you long press on it, you can then tap, which I think it was an ignore. So if it's something that is inappropriate that you really don't need to be reminded about, like, nope, I sent it. The ball's in their court. I don't need to follow up on it. You can just long press and then tap ignore and then it will disappear. You know, it doesn't disappear like it's not in your scent anymore just it's not in your inbox in front of your face anymore so so that was like a, a an interesting change that i'm not quite sure how i feel about but it's nonetheless i can see how it could be helpful but i can see how it could be annoying too but the actual reminder feature i can see how that would be really really handy um i played around with that a little bit let's see if it's in my reminders because i did have one set up and there it is so uh before we started recording I took one of I took an email that I wasn't, you know, I didn't really care about and I I think I long pressed on it or I tapped more or something and I said remind me about this, you know, say in an hour or I think I actually specified a time and now it does show up in my notifications that it's an email. It's, it's about Amazon business early Black Friday business savings. And now let's see if I long press on it, I can either trash it or I could flag it or I can just go to it. But say, let's say if I wanted to be reminded about this again. So where do you find that reminder? Because I did the same thing. I just picked a random email Mm -hmm. and long pressed on it. So if you long press on it, it gives you a pop up. What I think I did actually is I swiped very slowly, not don't go faster or she'll delete it. But if you swipe or now, okay, this depends on how your this is on iOS 
This is yep, on an I'm iPhone. On my, this I'm on my depends phone. on how you have your swipe setting set up for your mail. So on mine, I specifically have it set so that if I push to the left very slowly, I get three things. I get more, move, and trash. And if I tap on more and scroll down, I can choose remind me. I could flag it. I can mark it as red, move the message, archive the message. All of that kind of stuff has been there from before, but they've added okay. remind me. Okay, and I see it. One hour, time. tonight, tomorrow, mm -hmm. later. Because now, if you long press on it, <clears throat> there's something called, I just took it off, notify, notify me. Yeah, and that's something different. And I think that was there before. But it doesn't do yeah. it. I mean, it has like a little bell, bell. but it doesn't mm -hmm. have anything notify me when. In right. 10 minutes? In 10 days? Yeah, and I don't think it's that kind of a notify me. I think if, I'll have to look that up, but I think if I remember correctly, notify me was like if someone mentions you in a conversation within that email thread, you'll be notified. And then I can stop, tap stop notifying. So, um, but that's, so there's notify me and then there's remind me. So I think notify me means if, if you're being mentioned in a conversation, or the next time that email is replied to, I think then you'll get notified. But remind me is a reminder, like it ends up in your list of reminders, not the reminders app, but in your list of reminders on your lock screen when you scroll through, so that you can act okay. on it. It pushes it there for you. So that, so that notification is similar to messages where you and Kevin and I are having conversation. And if I write Melissa, mm -hmm. I think so. That's I can notify. I can click on your name, and then yes. that way you'll get a little notification that your exactly. name was mentioned. I think that that's what that is, where it's the bell for noti for notify me. I think that that's what that feature is doing. But remind me actually makes a reminder that is added to the list of your reminders. But instead of it having the reminder icon or artwork, it shows email. So that you know that it's an e so it's very distinct between a reminder that's that you set in the reminders app versus an email reminder. You can tell it that it could be an very confusing. Reminder. It could be, but I think they did a good job of making it distinct. So I really like that. Um, so I have mine set up, and I'll I'll tell you where you go to do this. But I have mine set up so that if I if I gently glide with one fingertip to the left, and the, I say gently because I've watched people do this, they do it too quickly and then they trash it. Yep. Gone. So you have to go really slow and then stop. Yep, and been then there. <laughs> I get more move trash. So in the more in the more areas where you can interact with it more, that's where you can set a reminder. There's also flag, and this is something. So on my Mac in Mail, I use colored flags. Yeah, I, I do don't too. Use them often enough that I have like when I'm sitting on my Mac, I know which flag I want to use because the word is there. Like I have um, orange is review, red is follow up. Purple is expenses and gray is receipts. Like those are the flags that I'm currently using right now, just as, a, as, an, as an example. I'd have to remember that orange is review, red is follow-up, and purple is expenses. Like on the iPhone, it gives me a choice between orange, red, purple, teal, yellow, green, and gray. So I guess I could, you know, tag it as green and I don't know what it would do. Let's see if it would add a green flag. Oh, there it is. So green was finance. And I guess because I had done my taxes, I cleared out all my finance flags. And I just took a, a, a advertising email and I just flagged it. And right there on my Mac, it synced immediately. So now I have a finance flag back again. And that's green. I mean, that makes sense because green is money. 
but I, I don't quite have those colors and those words memorized when I look at my iOS device. I guess if I used it more, I'll have to pay attention to that more because I hadn't had that feature to to really interact with before. I knew there was flags and I knew that they added the colors, but now that there's more, now that mail has a lot more features, I think I'm going to use that more. And actually but they've always had the colors, the colors, which mm-hmm. I don't really pay much attention to the color. I used to try, then I stopped. I use mm-hmm. it when I'm traveling, especially yeah. for cruises, because I will flag the cruise reservation, the, right. um, the fact that I bought a drink package, my hotel, my airline, anything relating to that trip all gets flagged. And it kind of creates a filter for you because then all you yep. have to do is just click on that orange yep. flag. And then I don't have to worry yeah. about it. But I, I remember go thumbing time, through my emails. I don't know how long ago it was, how many versions of iOS ago, but I remember that there used to only ever be an orange flag and that was it. And then mail added, you know, mail on the Mac added different color flags and then you could rename them. You know, it just, it wasn't just red, green, orange, purple. You can actually click on the words of the colors and rename them to whatever that color means to you. But in iOS, it's not obvious if I, if I made it a green flag, you know, I know now from looking at my Mac that that's a finance flag. But on my iOS device, it's not obvious. It's just a green flag. And that's all there is to it. And it doesn't stick out that much. So it's something I think I would have to train myself to use more frequently. But that's the that's that's a feature that I think already existed prior to this. I'm just saying that now that there's more features, I think I'm going to add that to the feature list. I, I think Mac, I think the, the mail app on the iPhone is now as beefy as or beefier, <laughs> it has more features now, like like the the Mac mail app. That's a lot of M's to say all at once. <laughs> I'll use the iPad and the iPhone to read mail, but normally, and if it's something like a quick response, I'll use mm-hmm. it, but most, of, I'd say 95% or higher is all from my Mac. I'm just See, more my, comfortable with the my computer. My iPhone is really, I, I use my iPhone more than I use my Mac, unfortunately. I would like to be able to use my Mac more, but that means like actually finding time to sit down at my desk or curl up with it on the on the couch. And I just get interrupted too much when I'm at home. So I'm always using my iPhone because it's like my mobile office. I mean, it does everything pretty much that I need to do and it's it's in my pocket. So I'm just multitasking too much. <laughs> I miss I miss actually We're sitting moms. down and playing on my Mac. I know it's like I just I wish I could sit down and just use the Mac for everything, but I just I have to use my phone. Um, so that was reminders and follow up and flagging. What was the other thing? I think that was it. Oh, I was going to tell you. So I don't know if you've explored this or not, but if you go into settings, this is on your iPhone. If you go into settings and you go into Mail, and then you go into Swipe options. So it's under the message list header, swipe options. That's where you can customize. And and I like, I like to do it this way. I like to swipe to the left to move a message and swipe to the right to flag it. For some reason, for me, that's just what makes sense. Because on the Mac and on the iPhone, I think by default, when you swipe to the left, that's going to delete it. And I wanted to do the opposite of deleting, I wanted to actually flag it. So I put it on the other side on the left. So that's how I have mine set up. But you can customize it whichever way you want so that when you swipe to the left, you get three options. When you swipe to the right, you get that one option, except except now there's more. So it's interesting that they didn't update this because when you swipe to the right, it's no longer like the picture says in the preview. According to this, swipe to the right will only give you a flag, 
But as we were just discussing, when you swipe to the right, you now get flag and remind me. So, and it always def- it always defaults back to the last color the flag that you use. For, for example, I just swiped to the right on this next email down, and the flag option that, that it's giving me is green. So if I tap on that, it's going to make it a green flag. But if I want to change the color of that, I have to... I have to swipe to the left and tap more, and then I can go and change the flag color. So I'll change it to orange, for example. And now the next time I swipe to the right, it's going to be an orange flag. But no longer is it just a flag. It's now flag and remind me when you swipe to the right. Is that what you're seeing on yours? Because I don't know how you have yours set up. If you swipe to the right. Under under swipe up? Are you talking about under swipe options under settings or what my actual mail is? What your what your mail is actually set to do. So when you go back into your mail messages, if you swipe to the right gently, do you get flag and remind me? Oops. If I swipe to the yep, I get I get unread and remind me. If okay. I swipe to the left, I get mm-hmm. oops. I get more flag trash. Okay, so your flag is on the right. My flag is on the left. That's that's the main difference. So on the right, you get more and trash, just like I do. Mm-hmm. And on the left, you get... I get unread and remind me. Right. So remind me by default, I guess, go, is on the left-hand side as you swipe to the right. And then so it gives that, me the option, an hour, tonight, tomorrow, remind me later. And then if I do remind me later, it brings me up a calendar where I can choose the date and the time that I want to be reminded for that email. Yes, yeah, I think that's really going to be handy. I, I think I'm going to use that feature a lot. So I'm really happy to see that. So that's what jumped out at me on mail in iOS 16. Uh, Let's see. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is transcription. Have you been using the new transcription I don't ever use transcription. Really? Wow, interesting. Okay. I use it all the time. Um, I'm using it a lot, and now they've added, let's see, what do they call it in their list of features? It's like enhanced or something like that under transcription. So do you just have it turned off? Where is it? I don't even like transcription for what? For when you're say if you're texting us, like do you ever just tap the little microphone and then no. just start nope. speaking what you want to type? The only time I do that is on my watch. Okay. So I use that in messages, I use that in in note taking. It can make more work for you if you don't really think about what you're going to say. And there are times when, like today, when I told you that I needed to plant my mums, (laughs) I needed to get my mums in the dirt and I kept typing mom. And I kept saying mum, like I was really trying to enunciate it and it still didn't hear me correctly. So, you know, but that's that's to be expected. So I just had to correct that one thing. But that's what I'm saying is like I use transcription to transcribe what I'm saying and it'll just type it out for me. And in fact, the thing that I do like is that it's adding punctuation automatically. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I there's I haven't been having to recorrect it for too much. What I'm still getting used to, though, is now that I have that, that I guess I must just have it turned on by default. I, I guess maybe it's just because I'm constantly tapping the microphone and I don't really realize that that's how I'm using it. So if I'm if I'm texting with you, you know how in message it says I message and then the lower right hand corner there's a little microphone. 
So I always tap that, and now it's going to transcribe what I'm saying to you right now. Except that it says I always top that instead of tap that. So I can, while I'm talking, I can say, and see now it's going to insert there. So I have to stop what I'm saying. But I wanted to I wanted to tap the word top and change it to tap and correct it. But you have to you have to stop the microphone. So you have to tap the microphone again to stop it from listening to you. And then you can go and double tap on the word and then retype the correction. So for me, it's just I can text faster if I transcribe and then just make those little corrections. Because I guess it's a I think for me, it's an accessibility thing because I get my arthritis starts to like flare up. And I just get my hands start to cram up like I just get tired of typing. So I just end up talking to type and then I have to do minimal typing because all I have to do is just correct the mistakes from the transcription. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's so that's um, a new feature that I like that I'm getting used to. I have to learn how to toggle the microphone on and off. Let's see. So I, yeah, I liked the punctuation. Um, here's okay. I saved the last two. These these are the ones I like the most. These are the features that I really like the most. Um, let's see. I'm going to go in a different order. I'm going to say screenshots and annotation. I was pleasantly surprised that you can now. So I'll give you an example. Today, I went to a health portal. I logged in and I was looking at the upcoming appointments for one of my children. And I noticed that there was an appointment on there that I don't remember them telling me about. So I need to follow up on that and say, hey, you know, you told me about this appointment, but I don't know what this one's about. So is this really an appointment or is this in here by mistake? Because that happens. And so I thought, okay, my husband was there for that appointment when it got scheduled. And I wondered, like, did you just forget to put it on the calendar or, you know, do you know more about this? So I screenshot it, but it was a long it was a website where the list was a long list. And normally what I would do is I would screenshot it and then I would save that screenshot and then I would scroll down a little bit and then I would screenshot the rest. And then the tool that I like to use, and I still I still think that this is superior, is an app, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, called Pixo, and it's spelled P-I-C-S-E-W, like you're sewing pictures together. And I've heard of that. I love it. It's they've added new features and they keep it up to date. I think they they just recently updated a couple of weeks ago. So it's something that they stay on top of, which I like. I I upgraded to the pro version because I use it a lot. So what I would normally do is take two screenshots and then I would use the Pixo app to sew them together. And I won't go into all the details about that, but basically with Pixo, you can really fine tune it and you can basically take two shots, you can you can stitch them together. You can crop off the top. You know, say you don't need the header. I just want to adjust the appointment times. And so you can crop it and you can say, okay, well, I just want, I want this block, but I don't want this block. But in iOS built into the screenshot feature, and I'm thinking this is new because I don't remember seeing this before. But now when you take a screenshot of something, let's see, I'll do it now. When you tap on it, now at the top, it says screen and full page. When you tap on full page, it means that it'll take a screenshot of the full website, which it can get really long. And in this case, it really did. And the reason why I still say it's nice, it's nice to have that it's built in. So I'm excited about that because for, you know, just down and dirty, like I just need to do it real quick. I don't need to fiddle with another third party app. And I'm just really short on time and I'm in a hurry. And you know, this is a small 
section that I just need to capture, but it's it's long enough that it would take two screenshots normally to do it, but now I can accomplish it in one. That's really cool that it's like baked in. So now you can do that natively. You can you can tap full page and take a longer screenshot than you could before and do it really quick. But for but for more detailed things, so for example, in this in this use case scenario where I was taking a picture of a a series of appointments on a website, my other son's appointments were mixed in there. And I really only wanted to ask a follow-up question about my other son's appointment. So I was able to use Pixo to crop out the two appointments that were in between. I know this is really difficult to explain it verbally, but suffice it to say that Pixo is screenshot full page on steroids. Like you can do way more stuff with it. So if you have those needs, you can still use a third-party app to do it. And I think it's like two bucks or something and it's worth it. But if you just want to do it really down and dirty and just quick and easy, it's built into the iOS. Um, and then as far as annotations are concerned, because I kind of use these two things hand in hand, I'll take a screenshot. I do this a lot. I'm always documenting stuff, especially for clients. You know, they ask me a question. I'll make them a really quick tutorial. And I usually do that by taking a screen capture and then I annotate it. I write on it. And they did add a built-in annotation tool. I think it's called Markup. And it's okay but if you need, if you have more needs like I do, if you want arrows that bend and you want um, you want to change the font more so than what they allow you in iOS, if you want to add marquees and um, you want to you know blurt you know block things out, there's all these extra features in an app that's called a Notable. Now they haven't updated their app in about a year, but I use it all the time and I haven't noticed, knock on wood, I haven't noticed any glitches with it. So I think it's still good to go, but that's another one that I recommend as a third-party app. And I'll link that to the show notes for annotating your pictures and screenshots and everything on your iOS. It's really, really a great app. So that was screenshots and annotations. And then I'll save the last one for best only because I have been waiting forever for this feature in iOS contacts you can finally, finally manage lists and groups. I guess in iOS, they're called a list. And in, let's see, what is it called in macOS? Can I add a new, I think they call them groups. Yeah, groups. So this is one of those things where I, I'm hoping that they'll change this. Like I wish that they would change the vernacular so that it matched. So in iOS, they're called lists and in, and I'm talking about in the contacts app right now, on the left sidebar, you can add groups on the Mac. They're called groups. And I wish that they would just say groups or lists, but they basically the same thing and they sync. So real world case scenario, why I'm so excited about this is because as you know, we've been taking care of a family member and it's it's my husband's mother that we're that we're helping to take care of. And so, you know, she has a lot of doctor's appointments and things like that. And so he has his iPhone. I have my iPhone. He has his contacts. I have my contacts. Well, we share a lot of contacts, but we don't want to share, you know, we want to each have our own Apple ID. So what we did was, and we did this years ago, and we've been doing it ever since, we created a separate Apple ID. And the only thing we use that Apple ID for, occasionally I use it for testing and demoing things, but but we really only ever use that shared Apple ID solely for the purposes of syncing our contacts that we share. So, you know, friends that we share, uh, colleagues and businesses, you know, say the HVAC company that came out, if he needs to make a phone call, then he has the number synced to his phone. I don't have to like text it to him separately. And then he has to manage it. Like, you know, let's say um, one of the 
one of the the people, like the person that we used to deal with, like that changed to a different person. So I can now add that to that contact card and it syncs to his phone because he's also got that same that same group of contacts on his phone, if that makes sense. So what this has really come in handy for with the added ability to edit the lists, what we've been wanting to do is let's say, you know, we take his mom to the doctor and then she gets referred out to a different specialist. Well, now we have new specialist, you know, Dr. Smith, we can now add it as a contact card into that group and it'll now sync. So, so now we can create a list that's called mom or, you know, her name or whatever. And then just all of her doctors that she deals with are going to be in that list now. And it'll sync on my phone and it'll sync on his phone. So no more having to like, well, you know, you took her to this different specialist and I'm going to, you know, next week, I'm going to have to make the appointment. So I'm going to have to call. Can you text me the card? Well, now we don't have to do that anymore. So, and, and, you know, that was becoming problematic because we might have notes in there about like what this doctor's about and what the appointment's about, or, you know, just something in the notes, like how to pronounce the doctor's name, or I don't know, something that we would put in the notes that we wouldn't quickly put in the fields ended up in the notes. And then when you went to share the contact card, the notes don't transfer, which is probably a good thing. But in this, in these cases, we wanted the notes to transfer. So now we won't have to worry about that. And I'm just really, really thrilled about that. So you can now edit and manage your groups slash lists. <laughs> I have to say both words because they haven't caught up on the Mac side of things. That will be interesting to see when we upgrade to Ventura. I wonder if they'll change the wording. Like there's another place where I think they should change it. On iOS, it's called the settings app. But on macOS, it's called system preferences. I kind of wish it just... It changes to settings in Ventura. Does it really? Yay! Yep. That's what Finally. I've heard. <clears throat> Finally. I'm looking at my contacts on the Mac. It is... It is such a mess. I have a setting here called AOL. I don't know why, but a I list? do. And yeah, it's under, I've got all contacts on my Mac iCloud, but one is called AOL. And I'm looking at the people's names like that have oh. nothing to do with AOL. I get it if they have at AOL.com as their email address. There are a couple people that still do. Are but, you talking about like the header? Like I have iCloud, I have shared iCloud. Then I have the Mac Mommy. Then I have directories. Like, are you talking about that? Yeah. Because under contacts, as soon as you open contacts and the window mm -hmm. opens, yeah. I have under AOL. So I've got people, it'll say cards, AOL on my Mac iCloud. For someone who doesn't even have an AOL address, like how no, that, did that's contacts... That's from a long time ago. You no, some of these, so, there, there's one person I just put in about two weeks ago who isn't AOL. Mm-hmm. And her name, I ended up having to drag it into iCloud. It's like, why are you in AOL? Well, so what I'm, is your, are you, you're looking at the Mac, right? Yep. So go to contacts, then go to preferences. Delete. And I'm then just like deleting all these cards. Well, go to preferences and then go to accounts. Mm-hmm. And then do you see an AOL account in the left sidebar? There is. Okay. So but if it's, you don't want that to show up anymore, you know, you can just delete. But it is, it is disabled. It's disabled, but it still shows up in your. Yeah. It's just like it's got a Gmail, list. but yeah, Gmail is disabled. Okay. Go I back don't... to the general tab. Mm hmm. And then where, where it says default account. Oh, I see. It's got AOL. Change it. Yeah. yeah. Change it to iCloud. iCloud. 
So now when you add new cars, it's they'll like, go oh. to iCloud. So that's probably why it's still showing up because it was set to your default account. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of contacts. Yeah, see, I contacts for me is like the holy grail. I, I'm a big fan of it only because like it's everything. <laughs> my yeah, well, like one day I have to go through it and make sure that every single contact is in iCloud because they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you were probably adding them and didn't realize that they were just going right into AOL by default. Yeah, it depended on how it got in there. Mm-hmm. But still, like, ugh. but you don't use AOL anymore, so you could just drag them out and drop. Yeah, them well, that's what I'm doing. One. I'm moving yeah. them into. Yeah, into yeah. ICloud. There's so many, so many people, and I've just run across this just from just from field experience that I just see so many problems, and they're caused by something that's not right in the contacts. That's why I call contacts the holy grail because if you don't have your contacts like sorted correctly, if they're not entered correctly, if they if the field isn't populated correctly, if if you don't have your account set up correctly, then it just causes other problems down the line. And I've just seen it so many times. That's why I was like, "Yep, go go to preferences. I know exactly what's causing that problem because I've done it so many times." But yeah, contacts, I was just, I'm just so excited about that because I was just one wanting that feature for so long, just like I've wanted adding stops and, and maps. So I've been really, really happy with, with those things. So, so those, that that's my list. <laughs> we said this was going to be a short show. <laughs> As always. Never fails. <laughs> but I think it's time to wrap it up. It is. And um, if people wanted to get in touch with us, how would they do so? We have a multitude of options. They could email us. Our email address is podcast at geekyshowever.com. You could go over to the website, geekyshowever.com, and just click the contact tab and send us an email that way using our form. And then you can let us know if it works. And if you're a real person, that would be really nice to, to get email that way. Uh, we are also on Twitter. You could follow us and you could tweet at us. We are at Geekiest Show. Mm-hmm. For now, at least. And if you wanted to get a hold of us individually, I am Elisa Paselli One. Melissa is at the Mac Mommy. And you can also reach Melissa at the com, her website for all things Melissa. That's me. And we want to thank you so much for listening. Again, I apologize for the cough. I'm hopefully in post, I will get rid of it as much as I possibly can. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, please stay safe. 